Welcome to episode two of Building the Giraffe, where uh, myself, Justin, and my co-host, Kaiser, hello, um, attempt to uh, satiate the whims of an insane billionaire who has uh, locked us into a lifelong contract um, where we, again, have to uh, create a movie to his liking that he will then fund, and then hopefully we can get out of it, but it doesn't seem like there's any way out. So it seems like we're just going to do this until <laughs> one or both of us is dead. And then maybe there will be another person that he locks into uh, the same contract. Maybe. <laughs> but who knows? We'll see. Uh, to give a little backstory, me and Justin were uh, on a trip to Japan and we wandered into a Japanese arcade. And what we thought was just like normal claw games was actually a claw game for the hyper rich. Yep. And we were picked up like in a two for one when you get those in those claw games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we didn't realize that, uh, by entering the arcade, we kind of entered into that lifelong contract. So, so now here we are, um, attempting to create a movie, um, with, with that man's money, uh, eventually if he decides to spend it on any of these movies that we, uh, pitch to him. So, um, without further ado, this week's movie, um, I've noticed recently, and I think that this is the reason why we should do this movie is that there's been a lot of uh, an uptick in um, flair bartending again. This was Ooh. a thing back in the 80s, of course, um, because people just liked when someone could pick a bottle up and hold it really far in the air while they poured <laughs> liquid into a glass, uh, which I, I don't really understand why. I've worked in bars for many years, and it's never been that impressive to me. That's a long pour. Yeah, exactly. The long pour, or like they can flip bottles around, which also seems useless because you're sort of <laughs> in some ways fucking up the liquor, but hey, <laughs> whatever. Um, but people loved it. You know, they go nuts about it. For a long time, there was a big explosion of that across the country. Uh, you know, if you remember when TGI Fridays first really went national, that was a big thing for them. Right. Um, Applebee's was the same way. They followed suit. Then you had like Hard Rock Cafe and all those things. And then you started having more and more of those smaller ones across the country. Now there's a big uh, boom in like craft beer and craft cocktails. But also with that right. comes, again, the rise of the flair bartender. Um, so we need to, I think, I agree. We need to tap into this market. Right. So I feel that, I feel like this is the way to go. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a reboot of RoboCop with Joel Kinnaman in it. Right. Um, I remember that. What a classic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Americana. still considered to be better than the original RoboCop. I, agree. I was just about to ask you that everyone. question. Well, I mean, it almost obliterated the entire memory of RoboCop from the public consciousness, the original RoboCop. But, uh, you know, it, it still is there. You can still watch right. it. It's definitely an inferior film to the, the uh, reboot from 2014. Listen, I, I just hate the fucking horrible practical effects of the first one. Yeah. Who would like that? No. Pure want, trash. Yeah. Needs CG all day. So All day, every day. It's my favorite thing. The, the rise of CG, much like the rise of the Flair Bartender, uh, is... I think a boon to the industry. I don't think it hurts anything at all. Nope. I agree so, with that. Just like with that new Hellboy film, just, yeah. add, just added to just the, keep, just added to the flavor. Yeah. And that movie is clearly doing gang boss busters at the box office. I don't know if it's ever, it's one of those movies much like uh, mortal engines that I don't think will ever go away. I think it's going to be I in agree. the box office for years to come and with good reason because it's so interesting and well done And the CGI effects. I would say, are 
a hundred times more believable than uh, practical effects in every way. I agree. So, what the idea of what what we're trying to do this time is, um, because of that reboot uh, of RoboCop, and they decided they weren't going to move on with a, a series. Because the first one was just too much of a classic. What do you do to follow it up? You know. Oh yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure the director had a lot of like hesitation. Just because again, how do you how do you follow up an how do you follow up an instant classic? I don't know. I don't. And and I feel like he he probably retired right after that. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, good for him. He, he should have. I mean, he made he made one of the greatest movies ever, and then just kind of. Disappeared, himself, off the... yeah, disappeared into that good night, as they say. But um, so we were thinking because uh, the movie Cocktail from the '80s, Tom Cruise vehicle, also a classic film. They didn't continue that on either. So right, what we were thinking is that what if you combine the two in some way? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what if there was a man who became a cyborg? who was really good at bartending. So we've come up with the idea of Robo Cocktail. That's the name of the movie, um, as it stands right now. could change, but I feel like that gets across everything you want for that movie. If the title of a movie tells you everything you need to know, I think that that's a great title for a movie. I agree with that. Robo Cop told you that it was a robot cop. Which, cocktail tells cocktail you it's about, you about cocktails. cocktails. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, so... So already, I'm already kind of like, you know, chasing ideas around in my brain pan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that, so with the original RoboCop, everyone knows, uh, you know, cool cop. He does cool gun tricks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He turned into a robot. Loves, loves his family. Loves his family. You know. Um, but he was killed brutally. Yeah. And then he becomes a robot cop. Right. Who but, still loves his family. But he's also very sad now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, all that sadness really didn't add to really any to the movie. So I feel I feel we can kind of go with the same origin story, but we add twins. So, you know, like this new up and comer, he's coming into town and, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have a job, so I'll be a bartender. But his twin brother is a cop on the force. Okay. And now they... is, is I have a question first. Yeah. Does. Is this going to take place in the RoboCop universe that his brother is RoboCop? No, 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 no. This is a this is a new so it's like a it's a definitely a reboot, I'd say. Okay. But I don't I feel like it it's a it's one of those things where it's just paying paying homage, you know, to the mm-hmm. to the like, "Oh, hey, do you, do you remember this?" cuz I love it when I love it when a movie like winks at the camera a lot. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I want there just to be constant Winking, yeah, just always some reference to another thing that you know because that makes you feel comfortable when you're watching oh, a movie. Yeah, that's absolutely. what makes you feel comfortable, and that's what you want the most is not to be challenged as a viewer. I don't think. No, definitely not. I I go to movies not to think but to feel. Yeah, and I want to feel the same, protected. I want to feel the same thing I felt before, like nestled in your mother's bosom. You know that exactly, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. So. My idea is that there's twins, and of course, you know, one's a bartender, one's a cop. Okay. But they get in a really bad accident, and there's only a, like you know, like this crazy new uh, uh, tech company is like, oh, well, we can rebuild them, but they only have enough for parts one guy. for one full person. 
because like you know parts are everywhere. They're like, well, we'll stitch this together, we'll stitch that together, and because they're twins, okay, 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 they're pretty much the same person because that's how bodies work. Okay, so we got like a sort of um, idle hands thing going mm-hmm. on, exactly, with the RoboCop and the cocktail situation. But instead of reviving the cop. Yeah. They revive the bartender. That's because the the bartender brother's brain is the one that's still intact. Exactly. Uh, clearly, in the there has to be this uh, insanely he- CGI heavy crash scene where I'm gonna guess sort of a la uh, Final Destination Five. A, Definitely. A wood timber goes through this the cop brother's head. Definitely. Oh, I, actually, I have a good idea for this. Um, where the cop brother. Um, so the. They obviously love each other because they're brothers. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the cop brother is the guy that, that has it all together, and the cocktail, uh, the bartender brother is the one who's like just like, oh, man, oh, oh, yeah, my, my brother's so, so cool. My life sucks. My brother's the best because he's a cop and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, everyone loves we all cops. Know, yeah, everybody. Obviously, you know. Uh, all cops treasure. are heroes. All, all cops are, you know. We all, everybody, there's, you know, the thin blue line. Everybody just loves that. Um Anyway, so uh, I feel like that that story beat has to happen where the because you know working in bars and stuff, I do have some some uh, uh, point of view on this that I or angle on this that I can give you is that a lot of bartenders drink a lot, you know, absolutely. Um, so maybe this guy keeps the voices quiet. He gets yeah, exactly. Also uh, lets you shut down from having to serve people all day long, and <laughs> but. Um, so this guy, he, he gets kind of drunk after his shift or whatever. He, he goes he goes oh. and does something stupid, and his brother shows up because he, he's responding to the call or whatever. Somebody called 911. Then, you know, his brother, being a nice brother, yeah. puts him in the back of the squad car. Oh. And they're driving, and it's like a rainy night, and they're arguing and whatever, and he doesn't see what's going on. Then he runs in, you know, there's a big wreck, and... CG everywhere and big timber goes through his head, but then the timber goes back through the back seat into his brother's like torso. So he's uh, he, he's kind of destroyed, but his his brain's intact, but his brother's head's gone, mm-hmm. but his body's intact. I like that. And the things you know that the company can do uh, is put them back together. Absolutely. Now, where it diverges from RoboCop is that this guy doesn't want to be a cop. He just wants to be the best he bartender wants to be the in the best world, bart- right? So they, what they think in their in this Frankenstein's monster that they've created is that they believe it's going to be a cop, but when they find out uh, this cop just want he just he can't even hold he's not even going to hold a gun. He all he wants to do is pick up these bottles, you know, and pour them all over the place and everything. Right. Um, so that causes a big problem for them. Definitely, they don't like that. They want they need a robot protector of the city. Absolutely. Uh, because crime is a big issue. Yeah, exactly. So somewhere in here, though, you have you have partially a, a sort of comedic fish out of water story of right. this robot man who now is a bartender who's sad about his brother, but also he knows that his brother's with him because he's using his brother's body parts stuff. His brother was a great gunslinger, so now this guy has this amazing ability with his hands to spin things and do all kinds of stuff, which lends very well into but, flair bartending. Um, but I think I think it should almost go a little bit of the opposite route. He can he's only good at spinning guns. Like all the powers that he had of being a flair bartender are lost now. So he has to retrain to be a flair bartender. 
Right. That, that's what I mean. He's but his brother. He was he was a bartender, but he wasn't that great at it. Right. 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 This right. is what makes him great is that his brother was really good at spinning guns around and all kind of oh, shit. Oh yeah. So now he's like honing his brother's spinning gun skill into now flipping bottles and spinning bottles and uh, mixing cups and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Around. I definitely want like a tr- I, with that. Like uh, this is kind of jumping ahead. Definitely mm-hmm, into the mm-hmm, middle of the mm-hmm. first act. So I'm sorry. But I definitely want a training montage where he he's a super slow like robo man, and he doesn't know like he's like like his friend bartender throws him a, a drink, and it it passes him by, and then he raises his arm. Yeah, right. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then he tries to you know he tries to flip the bottle, and then it just it just flips and it crashes on the ground, and everyone's like, "Ooh, this guy." Ooh, what if it's this then? What if it's actually? How about we go the complete opposite direction? Okay. This company is actually TGI Fridays. That wants Whoa. to rebuild him as the greatest flair bartender to bring people because TJ. Yeah, Friday's, there's no sinisterness. It, there's no sin- no no no. Yeah. They don't want anything like weird. Like they they want him to actually be the best bartender because because then it brings people in because yeah. as we know TJ Fridays has fallen on some hard times. Absolutely, like constantly but- offering free appetizers shit like that. You, you know they need something to get people in the door in this day and age of the of the the farm to table. Uh, you know, we all know millennials are killing TGI Friday. Absolutely, they are. Um, I feel. Well, but what person doesn't want to see a robot pour a drink? You tell me that. I want all my drinks to be poured by robots. Exactly, me too. I I, I work in a bar and I want all my drinks to be poured by robots as well. <laughs> in fact, I would like to work exclusively with robots in the bar. If they would turn me into a robot, great. Yeah, I'd, I'd more be, than happy to do it. I'd be fine with that too. So so th- okay so let's. So yeah okay so we have so the we backstory. Have, we have some ideas here. So right. there's, there's at least in the beginning, there's two brothers. Right. Um, there's clearly got to be a, a, a president of TGI Fridays. Definitely. There has to be the buddy bartender who's sort of the comic relief. Yeah. No, no. He's uh, he's he's the re-mentor. He's okay. training oh, in the Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, I got you. He can definitely fill the buddy role. I don't think we need right. another buddy role, but he's a little bit more of like a... Well, we don't, a, what buddy a, ro- we don't really a, have a buddy role right. already, though. Um, do you feel like it needs a buddy role? I feel like with the gravitas of this movie, I feel like... Well, I guess if we... we, Look, if we stumble upon one while we're going through this, then maybe. But I I guess you're right. I guess a mentor sort of thing makes more sense. Uh, You know, maybe he's like the... He is... Okay. I figured it out. Okay. So um, we need... Who is it that we need uh, for, for the brothers, though? Who's going to play Robo Cocktail? Hmm. Ooh, should it be like a young actor? Do you think it should be like a down on his legs, like m- like mid late thirty? I think bartender? it should be. Yeah, it sh- it should be somebody super young. Okay. I think it should be like a Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh. That type that that age range. So maybe Jake Gyllenhaal is the cop brother. Okay. Um. Oh. And the then... Franco brothers. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. James Franco is the cop brother. Dave Franco is the down in his luck, sh- stupid brother. Absolutely. Okay. Um, because here's the thing. Uh, because James Franco is kind of under fire a little bit for being a little me too kind of guy. Yeah. Um, tragically being killed by CGI in a movie might help his image slightly. And also he'll take pretty much whatever he can get at this point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you've only... seen Palo Alto, so <laughs> yeah. Right. Yikes. Um, so he'll he'll be the, the cop brother who gets killed. And then 
the little brother will be Dave Franco, who's uh, the yeah. bartender brother, because they're 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 pretty much age appropriate. I'd say they're both one's late thirties, one's kind of early thirties. They could pull off twins. Yeah, I could. I think so. Yeah, but I I, I don't even know if they necessarily have to be twins though. Oh, at this point, that's fair. But they look similar enough that you could play whatever age you want. Really, you don't have to yeah. do much of anything with it. Absolutely, they just have like an inc- incredibly s- huge. Uh, likeness to each other. Um, so you have those two. Um, the president of TGI Fridays, uh, should he be an older man? I Definitely. I mean, like, the president of TGI Fridays is always this, in my mind, a wizened old man. Okay. So I'm feeling maybe like Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. I gotta stop. Th- I gotta stop existing in the white space. I kept thinking yeah. Christopher Plummer for some reason, but oh, I like that a lot but, too. But so. no, but but I think Lawrence Fishburne works because you know you get a, a little color in there. And yeah. not to pardon the you know <laughs> pun, but um, and then of course the uh, bartender mentor is the Phantom, is Phantom Thread. Thread. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, just for those of the those of you who listened, maybe the first episode didn't pick up on this, or people who haven't listened to the first episode. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, he also has fallen in the same trap. He didn't get captured by a claw machine. There is some strange thing going on with this man who owns us. But he also, for some reason, contractually owns Daniel Day-Lewis for his life. Yeah, um, even if even if Daniel Day-Lewis dies, he still has rights over his he body. He does, exactly. So he can weaken at Bernie's Daniel Day-Lewis if he wants to. But he insists <laughs> that Daniel Day-Lewis always plays the phantom thread from the phantom thread. Yeah. So now Danny Day-Lewis can only play that character for the rest of his life character in a movie, but he's always the phantom thread. So, you know, so the mentor is the phantom thread. So we got this. So these are the core couple of people that you need ultimately. Um, Right. And then, uh, do we like how many, like, do we, do we really want a romantic interest or are we like going along the line of like, uh, these are like, these are, these are bartender boys, you know, they really don't, uh, they don't tie themselves down. You know, if you want, if we want to have real comic relief, there should be like one bar fly woman yeah. who always is like at the, you know, kind of busts balls all the time. Um, like a Caitlin Olsen type from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Or, I like that. Or well, Kate McKinnon. from. Actually, I was exactly thinking Kate McKinnon. All right. We'll do that. If we can't get her, we'll get Caitlin Olsen. They're sort of somewhere in type. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, and, okay, so this the beginning in the, is that they're brothers. And, right. And, you know, they're wildly different paths or whatever. Um, and then that, that, you know, you show this guy at the bar some... You show, okay, so you show James Franco at the police academy and he's just, he's the greatest fucking class and everything. He's, he's he's the best, he's the best cop on the force. Basically this takes place. This has to take place in Detroit. Of course. Of course. Um, Nice. So I want those winks. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I want those fucking winks, Justin. This, it normally it would take place in New York because that's where TGI Fridays is from. But Mm. since we're honoring the RoboCop spirit, has to take place in Detroit or New Detroit if we really want to go a little sci-fi with it because that's what they did. But um, you know, I mean, Detroit's looking pretty new to me these days with all the gentrification. So yeah, that's very you know? true. <laughs> um, 
So oh, they, they're showing him, but at the same time, you're showing in the same montage. Oh, that, yeah, just like this down on this look, like bartender. He's like very like, he's like, man, why does my life suck so bad? Like, I just like he idolizes yeah. Phantom Thread. Yeah. He right. wants, he like wants, he's showing Phantom Thread, like he's really, like he's always flipping bottles and, you know, Phantom porn Th- things, and girls are leaving her phone number for him and all this stuff. And he's just, ah, I guess I'll just never. He's like, uh, like Dave Franco's working like the, the opening shift every day. Yeah. Phantom Thread's there, but he's, he's a closer. Yeah. He's like, but he's like a two, he, he like works two shit. He's like a double guy. Ooh. Like, so he works like. Is he always lunch, on double? No, no, but he like, he, he, but he's been there for so long and he's so good that he's allowed to work sort of his own hour. So he oh. works. He works uh, lunchtime, mm-hmm. like for the businessmen and all that kind of right. stuff. Because they love that. They yeah. Again, like when I get off work, I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Even if it's only for an hour, I want to see yeah. a man That's... flip around bottles. Like I would personally, yeah. in today's age, I'd love that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, I know that's the reason you go to Benihana literally five days a week. That is very true. Because you just I love like seeing Benihana. people flip shit around. Like Listen, also. Tepanyaki grills and all that kind of stuff. Also, I feel that the Onion Volcano is the most overlooked, just accoutrement of the entire Tepanyaki grill. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's the most visually uh, inventive and stunning thing you can do. And not very many people could do it. And also, there will be a, a scene where um, he uses uh, cocktail onions to make his own uh, tequila or whatever rum. Actually, rum. Uh, no, green um, whiskey. It's got to be Everclear. Well, that's, well, you can't really serve that at bars. So oh. you got to go with something like 151. Yeah, I think. Know. Okay, um, that's fair. Like, I would say a 151 rum because it has a more uh, impressive fire that comes out of it. But, oh, he uses, yeah. but at some point, he uses his newfound skills. To, to show up Phantom Thread by making a cocktail onion volcano on the bar with and then lighting on fire. Oh, I think uh, every morning Phantom Thread uh, has a uh, flaming Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's like showing people like kind of what he can do. Yeah. It's his the... like opening, like uh, opening salvo to get people interested in what he's doing. And then right. he, he starts making all kinds of drinks for him and right. making all the money and everything. But like, I think like, I think it's also like a kind of like a, a, a Prince, I don't like he. He's uh, he's not very good before the accident. Like, like he he craves Phantom Threads. Yeah, yeah. He's well, he's terrible. He's right. He's, but he's and like, Phantom Thread is always like, no, no, you're not, you're not ready. Yeah, you're not exactly. ready, my old so and so. Right. Yeah, he's not good at it at all. No. But but after the accident. Yeah. Then then that like uh, uh, so what we're doing. Okay. So so. Th- this whole montage is going on where, where James Franco is the best and Dave Franco is the worst bartender. Yeah. And, uh, but he's always getting like shitty shifts where he has to open, but then he has to come back and actually close. Whereas Phantom Thread does like right. the lunch, lunch to up until like midway through happy hour. Then he has a few hours off, but he's still out there like schmoozing with the crowd. And then he comes back on. Him. Yeah, exactly. He comes back on after happy hour and he works until like 10 PM when the lunch, when the dinner rushes over. And then, you know, he's like, then he throws a towel at fucking Dave Frank. was like, "Oh, clean up, kid. Clean you know? up. Yeah. Oh, you're not ready. Yeah, not ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah." And then he has to sit there until close. He's like, "Well, I always have to close the bar." Blah blah blah. And then you know, okay, nerd. You, you go through a couple months of this, and then, or you could even do like a title card of three months later, and he's still I, working these shitty things. He's, no, I, I definitely want like a like a harsh like hard knocks montage. Like he just like at the end of the shift, he throws down the towel because he's so angry. Okay, he's like, why can't I be as good as these people? And then, uh, then no, his... well, that's that's what I was saying is like, 
is you you have to like give him time because you have to let Dave or James Franco be a cop for a little bit, right? Because he gets out of the academy and he's doing really well. He's the best cop, and then there's that part where he's there. Ah, why can't I? And then he drinks a bunch, uh, and then he gets all fucked up, and maybe he like. Yeah, he calls breaks, his brother. Break, no, no, he doesn't call his brother. Oh. He, his brother responds to a call on him because oh, uh, he's like doing something. Yeah. Fun. Maybe he throws a barstool through a window at the place. Definitely. Man, and then and, he jumps through that window because he's. I mean, he's out of his mind. He's drunk. Yeah, he's drunk, and then and James Franco shows up and tries to calm him down, and then he has to like you know handcuff him and everything. Mm-hmm, and yeah, it, it's it's it started raining or or, or maybe it's snowing because it's a little more uh, of a dramatic sort of yeah. thing. And then, you know, they're driving. And he's like, why can't you just get your life together? And then he's like, why do you always have to tell me what to do and all this kind Yo. of thing? And it's and then what you do is during that moment when they're arguing, you sort of cut back to. And this is sort of a thing from RoboCop where during their formative years, they would watch. He would watch RoboCop. Yeah. Like he loved it so much. Yeah. Because like, I mean, like. Absolutely, it's but a then, it's a formative experience. But but Dave Franco always wanted to watch Cocktail, so they're going back and forth with this shit, where they're constantly at war. And then, but James Franco always wins because he's the one who gets like straight A's, and their mom always says like he can watch whatever he wants. You gotta get, you gotta do your homework. And, Listen, dumbass, stand in the corner. Don't talk yeah. to your very nice brother who we love. Right, much exa- more than that, you. That exact thing. So this set, you know, then um, then. Basically, in the car, he says something like, "Oh, I wish, I wish you would, you know, not not necessarily die or whatever, but something bad would happen." I wish to you, you were part of my life anymore. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, I wish you weren't part of my life anymore. And, and then, then the accident happens. And, yeah. And, and James, and this horribly violent crash sequence where James Franco's head gets exploded by a fucking wooden timber, <laughs> and then the rest of it plunges into Dave Franco's torso and like destroys his torso, and then. Uh, then you kind of cut to the hospital, right? And on the screen right. is Lawrence Fishburne. And he's, he's doing like sort of a commercial, not necessarily for TGI Fridays, but TGI Fridays Incorporated um, because, you know, they, they, uh, they sort of run not just like – they don't just run like the food thing, but they also are like – uh, they they they're in like healthcare now and all this kind of oh, stuff like that. Yeah. They, they've acquired like different things to diversify their business. Thank God it's Fridays. Yeah, exactly. That's his whole thing. Like he says that. And it's like, and, oh, I need a new heart. Well, thank God it's, it's Fridays. Fridays. Yep. There you go. Uh, oh, I need a loan for my house. Well, thank well, God it's Fridays. Thank so. God it's Fridays. Checking in loans for yeah. only a low low rate. Yeah, and people just love, and plus you get like a free order of cheese sticks or something. Yeah, it's yeah. great. So. They're doing all that, right? They've they've diversified their business where where they're they're entwined with a lot of uh, what Detroit is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're, they're the helped. reason Detroit has has experienced this economic boom. Yeah, exactly. Because even though they're a corporation, they still want to do some good, and they, yeah. they relocated there from New York because New York's kind of fucked up and everything yeah, now. No one likes New York. Yeah. So Detroit's basically the new New York for them. Um, so he's saying that, and and this is through, you know, uh, Dave Franco's eyes because he's in this like weird kind of vegetative state, but he can still kind of see the TV. And then Lawrence Fishburne walks through the door. Ooh. And he and because he's an employee at TGI Friday, so of course he's yeah concerned. But this is also an opportunity for him. He's, he's like, um, what would you say if you what what would you say if I could make your dreams come true? Yeah. 
Yeah, we we know you're not the best bartender, but what if you could be the greatest bartender to ever live? And then, you know, uh, of course he agrees to it immediately. Absolutely. Um, I would sign it in blood. Yeah. Which he does, actually. He does actually do that, yeah. <laughs> that's the only... Well, that's also a thing with uh, TGI Fridays. They're in... They're like a... They blood also, contracts. They, well, they've... they've uh, They've also acquired like twenty three and me, so they do like a lot of DNA sampling and oh, stuff like yeah. that. So, so now like you can like literally sign for things by like pressing your thumb on like a thing that like right. draws your blood, sort of. Right. That's also a separate thing, but that'll come more into play later on. So this is like in the first act. I guess you're kind of reaching like this is like what maybe twenty five minutes into the movie, definitely, because you need it to go quick or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because you really want to get to the. The Robo cocktail action. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like there's a there's a quick like build montage. It's like, you know, it's like they even like I even want to wink to uh I you know, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Oh, like to a six million dollar man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean but I mean technically it's the six uh trillion dollar company. Right. Yeah. But um you know, so we can rebuild him, we have the technology, we can make him faster, stronger, smarter. Better at pouring Long, drinks. L- longer pouring. Uh, better at shaking. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of exactly. Um, so here's the question, though. that Because of, of this day and age and because actors are pretty vain, you, you're not going to be able to cover up James or Dave Franco's face. No, absolutely not. Uh, also, it really wouldn't I don't work. want that beautiful face no. to be covered. So what we do now is he... He has one regular eyeball, but he also has like a cybernetic eyeball. I love that. Yeah. Because um, he needs it because he has to be able to target the drinks and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But his body could still, his bo- his upper body looks like a TGI Friday's uniform, but it's clearly like metal, right? And his lower body sort of looks like the black pants that they wear. So Yeah. But I think instead of the gun, he oh, has like a like... martini shaker that comes out. Absolutely. You know, um, and then I think on his other hip, he definitely has a gun. Yeah, yeah. That, but that'll come in later. He doesn't okay. realize it uh, at all. Oh, okay. Um, so he, so he, he gets rebuilt as, as the Robo Cocktail. Um, and that's what we're just going to call him because that's just who yeah. he is. He's Robo Cocktail. Yeah. So um, he goes, they take him to the thing, to the training facility, much like in. Uh, the Joel Kinnaman RoboCop. They have uh, right. somebody who helps him do whatever. And then, uh, so now Phantom Thread's there, and he's going to teach him because he's the best. He's you know. the best flair bartender he's, in the he's world He's getting right old, now. you know. He's getting old. and He it's... needs a young protege to learn from him. Mm-hmm. He does. And then, and then, like, I think they, they probably have this, like, really heart-to-heart, not heart-to-heart moment, but it's maybe, like, cold, dead heart to robo heart experience yeah. where he's like, right. you know, like you, you didn't approve me before. It's like, you know, but that phantom thread is like, you weren't ready yet. Yeah, now I was trying to teach you. Yeah. Now you are ready. My old so-and-so. Right. <laughs> so he, uh, so he's teaching them and I, I, I there's going to be, it's going to be a montage, but there's going to be extended scenes within it where they have, where they talk and like, kind so, of like, um, it's, it's going to be sort of a, um, what's the movie with, the Whiplash. It's gonna be like that, oh, like yeah. a like a fucking just barrage of just like and, and I feel again, again, you know, right, kind of thing. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that montage, like those those cuts, that backstory will really fill out pretty much our. I think that'll cement our first act. Yeah, I think that's yeah because when so the 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 the, the last shot of the first act has to be him like catching the glass finally. 
Yeah. Or whatever, you know, like and holding it. And then he and goes then, into this like crazy yeah, complex yeah, like flare right. technique and and then like yeah. and then the Phantom like, Thread is there he, in the corner he nodding. Likes, he likes yeah, a little smile goes across his face and like it's kinda like he's ready kind of thing. Yeah. So then like the that. second act begins and they're in TGI Fridays. Now everybody's there. Yeah, and, and they, they're both making shit tons of money. Oh, and they everyone loves Robo Cocktail. Yeah. Robo Cocktail's the greatest like they know, like right. like they're probably Phantom Thread and Robo Cocktail are probably this Almost the same level at this point, mm-hmm. but everyone knows Robo Cocktail. Yeah, he's the new. He's gonna. He's the successor. He's the heir apparent. Yeah, and 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 they have like a sort of a a, a team up act where they they can like throw bottles back oh, and forth, like yeah. juggling and kind of thing. You know, add add sort of that thing to it. But it, somewhere, I think in in the restaurant, that you kind of see a shadowy figure watching them mm. do this, and he's not. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like this shit. That there's like this robo cocktail thing happening. Yeah, he feels and, like humans. Like humans should do human work. Yeah, I don't like this new robot taking my job. So, so this guy comes. You know, he's at the bar one night, and it, this is after a while of them working together and everything. And then this guy, the shadowy figure, comes up, and he's sitting at the bar, and he starts kind of, kind of shitting all over robo cocktail. Right. And Phantom Thread doesn't like this at all. Because uh, he likes RoboCocktail. I mean, he trained him, for God's sake. So, of course, he likes RoboCocktail. Um, so, the guy... Uh, and I don't know if you saw uh, RoboCop 3, but there's a part in RoboCop 3 where a guy lights up a cigarette and RoboCop shoots an outline around him and whoa. says no smoking. It's a, obviously one of the most iconic scenes ever in uh, cinema. Yeah. But, um, so, this guy goes to write a... Or goes to light a cigarette in, mm-hmm. in TGI Fridays and RoboCocktail, like... His, shoots the cigarette yeah, out of his mouth. Yeah, with with like the but he like has like a soda gun for a hand, so he like Ooh. shoots like seltzer water over sort of like a clown, like a you know, Oh yeah, like a clown thing. flower. Yeah. So then so Robo Cocktail um, does that and this guy and he's like, Oh, I fucking hate these this Robo Cocktail. You know, why can't things be the way that they were and all this stuff? And then uh Phantom Thread goes out goes behind goes over the bar and grabs him and is like throwing him out or whatever. And he drags him across the bar. Yeah. He in does. that classic right. like bar scene. And they, they go out outside and he throws him outside and uh and that guy who's who's the shitty guy is Pete Davidson, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh ooh. I was thinking it was going to be uh, the dude from Justified who has the scraggly hair. Um, I don't remember his name, but I like Pete Davis. Yeah, Walter Goggins. No, Walton. Walton. Walton Goggins. Oh, Walton Goggins. Um, you got to save him for something more. More gravitas stately, now. Because this is, uh, this is just a, sh- a small thing. Okay. Does, so, and then he pisses yeah. himself on the outside. He's of like, Bleh. Yeah, Pete Davidson pisses himself. He's like, oh, I'm going to get you for this robo cocktail. And then, you know, later on, but then that night they're closing up, they're closing up and everything. And, and then he comes back with a gun, He comes back and he shoot, he tries to shoot Robo cocktail, but then it shoot, it hit, but Phantom Fred jumps in front of him oh, and no. now he, you know, his mentor's dead. But this is when you find out that Robo cocktail has a gun, right? Like he, he instinctively, as soon as like he, like he jumps in front of him, he pulls his gun, gun. boom, shoots yeah, him in the shoots, dick. Yeah. Shoot. Shoots Pete Davidson right in his dick. That's all right. That's yeah. It's already gone. Yeah, it's already gone for the most part. Right, but uh, you know, <laughs> Miss Ariana Grande took it with her. Yeah, definitely. She, th- she thanked you next to that dick. Fuck. So, so he yeah, shoots no, him in the dick, yeah, and Pete Davidson's like, "Whoa, I can't piss myself anymore." <laughs> 
which, then, which he's known around the bar as a chronic pisser. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like yeah. pee pee pants. He was like, yeah. oh, pee pee pants, John over there. You gonna pee yourself again? And yeah. He's like, boo, I'll get you. So, so they, so then Pete Davidson, you know, he's he's laying there bleeding out of his dick on the sidewalk or whatever. I don't think I really don't think you have to see him anymore. But no, definitely. Robo not. cocktail is you know on the floor with phantom thread like oh no i like i'm so sorry like you shouldn't have done that clearly i'm a robot he's shooting if you shot me <laughs> the bullet would have bounced off no big deal oh no 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 i have it even more tragic that does happen phantom thread oh doesn't... is that he shoots it and it bounces off and hits phantom yeah, thread he's like no like, it's like what is it was it? my fault right i'm the monster all along uh, like, oh yeah the real frankenstein's oh, monster yeah, moment. yeah i love that yeah so okay yeah it's like when frankenstein's monster drowns the little girl little hey, black girl <laughs> um, <laughs> so so yeah then so he's he's accidentally killed phantom thread and, and, and right he's very sad about it and he's like i should i need to give up like, cause, cause the thing that brought him the most joy was being in this partnership with Phantom Thread, and like now he's like, oh my god, like I'm a monster, like I killed my father, like the dude who I pretty much like respected the mo- the person that I most right. respected in my life, and he's like, I need to stop bartending. No, no, you can't do that. You can't. I, no, no, I think I think the way you go about it is now he's like pissed he, off, and, oh. and and he realizes that. Because he pulled his gun out and shot Pete Davidson, that his brother's oh. still with him somewhere in there. Right. So instead of that, he actually just goes and he grabs Pete Davidson, who's now just pissing blood all over himself, <laughs> and is like, "Why did you? Why did you try to kill me? You know, you right. you killed Phantom Thread, my best friend in the world. You know, kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. Um, and all Pete Davidson just says is Applebee. <laughs> So, then, you cut to uh, oh a, a hyper conglomerate like mm-hmm, multi hundred mm-hmm. uh, yeah crazy huge building. yeah big building and we and all know that Applebee's is evil yeah their daiquiris are too good they must be evil yeah, yeah. so you can't have that many riblets and not be a little you yeah. know there's something shady going on at the Applebee's right. let me tell you and and you know you're at the top and and you're and this point, there's a TV screen, and somebody's watching the feed of Pete Davidson with Old Robo CR- Cocktail. Old CRT as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it has to be. Um, and the person who's watching that, or the person who should play the big bad, I think, because we are doing RoboCop Cocktail thing, it should be Tom Cruise. Oh, absolutely. As a heel turn, bad guy. Yeah, he's like... There you go. And then, like, there... I uh, And that, I think, will lead down to a like a confrontation moment. Do Do we have the... The major villain confrontation at the end of the second act. Uh, I think that the I think the end of the second act should be this introduction of him, mm. and then and then in the third act, it's it's kind of now the cop brother is kind of taken over, right? And he's tracking down whoever Apple. He doesn't know who Applebee's is. He doesn't know what just, Applebee's means. Yeah, he just knows that Applebee's is a restaurant, but in their competitor of TGI Fridays, but he right. doesn't know who runs it, and he doesn't realize that Applebee's also. Has created a bartending robot. Yeah, well, here's what you do with that turn, is that they, they steal Phantom Thread's body, make him oh, into like an ED-209 type shit. bartending robot who has like, you can shoot beers. 
Yeah. Into people's hands he has, real fast. He has soda gun hands. He has soda gun hands, and yeah. then he also has poor hands. Yeah. So he can just literally go. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, thank you make for like the gin and tonic. Sixty shots at one. You know, and he. And, yeah. yeah. He's just great, and in at some point they have to get in some kind of crazy bartending battle. Obviously. Absolutely. Um, well, it's uh, obviously the three uh, hundredth uh, annual. Uh, Detroit bartending battle. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Player bartending battle. Um, we, we have one of those uh, in Cincinnati, and they call it cockfight, so we could do something similar to that. I like that. Uh, so they, the they get in this. Detroit cockfight. And, you know, it, it's sort of a, almost like a, a John Henry versus the steam machine situation because Robo Cocktail wants to win, but he's he's limited by – he's not as fast – Right, cause... but he has a lot more tricks up his sleeve, and also he doesn't want to humiliate his former mentor and best friend. Well, I think I think that it almost is like um, uh, Phantom Thread is just he's too good. Yeah. He's too good. They've they've gone the evil route, and whereas uh, with Robo Cocktail, they left like his humanness in him. That's true. But it... with Phantom Thread, they just stripped all of it out. All he is is a drink slinging machine. He has no yeah. heart. Okay, so it's sort of like the um, the the robot in the second RoboCop that exactly. is just addicted. He he was addicted to that drug. This guy's addicted to bartending yeah. only. He doesn't give a shit about. Well, that's his cornerstone. Yeah. Well, yeah, he doesn't. But he like they they basically. Took all of him away except for the bartending instinct. Right, exactly. That's all that's left. He doesn't care about the camaraderie of being behind the bar. He doesn't care about the tips. He doesn't care about the girls giving phone numbers. He doesn't care about any of that anymore. It's just, he just serves drinks and that's it. That's all he's, you know. And while they're doing this, he's like, I think Robo Cocktail's trying to get through to him. Yeah. Like sort of access that humanity. I think he's he's like making, he's making all of the, uh, he's making all the drinks that uh, Phantom Thread taught him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, don't you remember this? Don't you remember yeah. this? And then like, and then Phantom Thread is like, does not compute. Yeah, does not compute. And, and like, and then, and then Tom Cruise shows up and is basically like, does the slow clap moment. Like, Ooh. don't you see that you can't beat Applebee's no matter how hard you try? You know, and Lawrence Fishburne's there and he's all disheartened because he's like, I thought that wait, what we had was you know real, and now my competitor, blah blah blah. Yeah. So there's a whole part where there's a villain speech sort of thing, and uh, Robo Cocktail, as one last ditch effort, makes a flaming Dr Pepper and sets Ooh. it on the bar. And you see in the robot eye of Phantom Thread's ED two hundred nine persona a sort of a flicker, yeah, a flicker of of what it used to be. And then he takes the drink and he has himself a sip, and then he dies. Oh, okay. That's actually perfect because uh, he's given up. Like he realizes, like, oh, this is who I've become. Yeah, I'm like, there's, I've the, there's so these horrible. like really quick like flashback pictures of like ching ching, like yeah, just like them oh together and like the yeah, and all then the... him like drinking a lot of like flaming Doctor Peppers, Peppers yeah. like pretty much. I almost want to go back but, and in every scene, uh, Phantom Thread pretty much has a flaming Doctor Pepper. Always like, oh, like lifting it, like right. Yeah. He's like, um, yeah, and actually, what he does is he doesn't. The way he destroyed, like, uh, that's his last. So this has to be like basically like toward. This has to be the end of the movie. Mm. This is the third act climax. Basically. Yeah, no, I was. Uh, that was I. He that he, was the understanding that the bar attending battle happens yeah, during the, the middle third, of the third act. Okay, okay, I got you. 
So we got to that part. So he's he's okay. That's what it is. So the the beginning of the third act is him tracking down what Applebee's is and who right. you know whatever. And uh, uh, the the middle. Uh, so the lead up to the middle of the third act is the uh, Ed uh, is the Phantom Thread Robot reveal. Yeah. Um, the middle of the third act is that bartending battle leading into the close where it's like uh, the Ed you know, the Phantom Thread Robot. Uh, dies and then Tom Cruise is like really mad because they sunk all this money into him and they're like no like we'll never recover from this and then like Lawrence Fishburne is like silently in the corner just like nodding like mm-hmm. <laughs> right but okay so the ED209 Phantom Thread um, I guess it would be like ED Phantom Thread at this point uh, um, yeah ED uh, PH4 okay he he the way that he does it is that he he's looking at the flaming Dr. Pepper and he realizes what, what he's become and he picks it up and doesn't blow it out and drinks it while it's on fire. Oh, and then yeah. and that like makes all his circuit and he like, he basically catches on fire and whatever. And it's absolutely like, it's his like sort of uh, terminator thumbs up in the lava pit moment. Yo, um, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And then wait, what do we, do we have like a, do we oh, have a simultaneous villain death though? No, no, no. Whereas, I know exactly where this leads now because you just gave me the exact how you do this. Is um, So Lawrence Fishburne gets his moment of like, like you see what, what happens when you don't have altruistic intentions. You yeah. want just because Tom Cruise then like is so mad and whatever. And then and Lawrence Fishburne does that. And uh, he then Tom Cruise goes, OK. And he has like his Thanos moment. He says then I'll do it myself kind of thing. Oh, so then he, he tells Lawrence Fishburne, if I can beat your robo cocktail, then I now control, control TGI. THI Fridays. Absolutely. And Lawrence Fishburne agrees to this for, you know, no, no, um, no. I think Lawrence Fishburne is a little bit like he's hesitant at first, but you have that like, uh, I can do believes, it coach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can sort do of it, coach. got a little sports movie ish type thing. Absolutely. Like, like it's okay. Put me back in there and I'll, I'll I, I promise I can, and he's like, are you sure this is my, you know, this is Detroit on the line. This isn't just you and me. This is the this future just, of Detroit. This isn't just chicken tenders and, you know, uh, and, and mod June bugs and mozzarella sticks and whatever. Yeah. Mudslides. This is all of Detroit. And, you know, he's Robo Cocktail can do it. You know, he, he thinks he can do it. So they get so they're behind the bar and then Lawrence Fishburne agrees. But then it turns out that Tom Cruise is also a robo cocktail. Right. But he's the he he's like, oh, you didn't think I would actually break out the best, you know, right. the best techniques on something as throwaway as Phantom Thread. Yeah. And then uh, maybe and Phantom Thread was actually just a distraction to tire out robo cocktail. Exactly. Bit. Yeah. And I also feel like there's like uh, there's a little bit of a fun of like, ooh, like fan theory, like maybe. Maybe Tom Cruise's character and Phantom Thread knew each other, or maybe like he's the uh, the disgraced pupil. Yeah, but I feel like it but shouldn't you, ever be referenced. Really, yeah, you, should never it, be referenced. It shouldn't be referenced necessarily, but maybe there's like a small line of dialogue. You kind of put like a Harry Potter thing in it, yeah. Like, like you know, like a like you kind of mentioned something that they both knew or something like that. Or like his, his intro cocktail is the flaming Flame Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper. Yeah. There you go. That's great because that sort of ties it. And then if you make a prequel, you know, maybe there's this, maybe, you know, maybe, um, but so you get to, um, that point of, of their, they're in the showdown or whatever. Right. And, uh, and 
Tom Cruise sort of like his torso opens and all of a sudden there's like a bunch of hands come out. Yeah. You know, um, like a general grievous sort of Star Wars type thing. Absolutely. Um, he has all these like tool, like all the bartending tools like in his little fucking. Like, yeah. And actually like he's like slinging like 20 drinks at a time. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and Robo Cocktail can't keep up. So he shoots him in the dick. Well, actually, here's I have a perfect a perfect way to do this. So he Robo Cocktail is doing well because he's very technical and he can do like long pours and he has like all kinds of he can toss bottles around and juggle and all this kind of right, stuff. Right, right. Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, his his crazy General Grievous thing is just really fast and like really precise with things. Right. So Robo Cocktail, his brother comes to him in his head and is like. Trust me, I have one thing you can do to win this. And, you know, he, he's and his brother's not a his brother's not a, a bartender. Right. But he trusts him. So you just see Robo Cocktail set up like 30 beers. And right. then then he pulls out the gun and shoots he, the caps off all of them. Yo. And everybody's cheering. But then at the end of that, you see that all he's of them shot, have, have gone into Tom Cruise. Yeah. Well, no, no. He just shoots one bullet. It goes through and takes oh. all the caps off the things without like shattering the balls or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then like everybody's like, yeah. But then you have the reveal that he also shot Tom Cruise right in the dick. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. And they win. Everybody's real excited. Tom Cruise uh, is shamed as he it, should be. Yeah. He, he's shamed, but also like they, they're arresting him. They're, you know, and turn, they, then they turn Applebee's over to Lawrence Fishburne. Right. Um, you know, everybody's excited. Then, then you flash to then uh, the Robo Cocktails just back at TGI Fridays. He's working, and he, everyone loves him again. Yeah, they're everybody like, loves him. They're again. like, but actually, they love him more. more Not yeah. only has he won the three hundredth annual Cock Fest, yeah, but, but he he exposed Applebee's for being you know the horrifying thing they are. Um, uh, Appetizers is now a curse word. Yeah, exactly. You're not allowed to utter it ever again. It's like a Voldemort type thing, right? Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, and everybody loves him, and uh, you know your Kate McKinnon, Caitlin Olsen is there, and, and she cracks a couple be, jokes. Yeah, there's got to be some joke at the end, sort of thing, like a, a callback to the first joke she made yeah. about like how he wasn't good. She's like, "Oh, maybe you are something so, special." Yeah, like he makes her a flaming Dr Pepper, and right. then yeah, maybe you are something special. And then it, like everybody laughs, and it's sort of freeze frame from like a like Beverly Hills Cop type freeze frame yeah. at the end, and there's like a saxophone a, line play, and then the CRT, uh, the CRT flare goes through the screen uh-huh. yeah yeah exactly to let you know that tom cruise he's still out there somewhere exactly and it pans out to have that like his uh his general grievous silhouette of like all mm-hmm. his arms open yeah and he's looking at this giant crt monitor yeah and then you just hear like a beer bottle open and then that's black there you go i love that the end and then maybe like I definitely want end credits to be like very saxophone, like. Oh yeah, you gotta yeah yeah yeah. You gotta get like a like a uh, like a careless whisper, but not really that. Like more like a Jerry Rafferty, like you belong to the city type. Like, I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely. Or uh, uh, who can it be now? Like men at work type, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Who can it be now? Yeah. Actually, it should just be who can it be now? Yeah, it's who yeah. can it be now? Okay. Actually, it makes sense because it sort of ties into like who, who's the best bartender, who's the best Robo Cocktail. That's right. Who can it be now? It's Robo Cocktail. There he is. All right. So, so, so we've got the story down. This I, is great. I think we really nailed that one. Completely. Really well. Yeah, I think that's a great film. 
Um, so now we have to move on to who's going to direct it, um, what the budget's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so And then composer. Oh, yeah, composer as well. And um, then I think also uh, any errant people we feel should be tied to the project, like yeah. cameos, just in case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for director, um, how do you feel about Martin Scorsese? Well, yeah, I mean, like obviously, this? I think that he would be first choice. But I was thinking maybe this could be uh, like a dual director project. Like, uh, like Martin Scorsese. Quentin Tarantino and Wes Anderson? Well, I was thinking like Martin Scorsese and the Farrelly brothers. Like they could Ooh. all be together on this. Yeah, I like you that. Because you get, you get one, one side gets the idea of the, the drama of it all. And one side gets, you know, the inherent slapstickiness that has to go with... Uh, the crazy bartending scenes and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, we all saw the Three Stooges movie. Uh, everybody's watched watched that every Easter for the last uh, seven years since it came out. It's a tradition. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows they're really good at what they do. So let's get them involved. Let's get Martin Scorsese in there. I think they would really work well together. I think their I styles think so. go well together. I agree. That's Peter what... Farrelly just won the best... Director for Green Book, obviously he knows what he's doing with um, that's true, you know, stereotypes and things like that. Um, <laughs> so uh, we have, so we have the director, yeah. Um, but it, but if we have to have backups, oh okay, backups. Um, um I feel like, uh, I feel like, ooh, Edgar Wright. I no, feel with yeah. with the music, with the eighties like music. I feel like there can be a real real stunner. If we choose Edgar Wright. Okay. I'm trying. Okay. Edgar Wright. and uh, um, You know, baby driver. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar Wright. And um, let's see who else could we get? Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody who just makes really funny Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Yeah. Edgar Wright and Dane Cook. Yep. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, I mean, what about Christopher Nolan and uh, Woody Allen? Ooh, well, see, the Woody Allen thing, I don't know if we could do it. This could be his redemption arc, though. It is true, but the problem is is that he's going to ask for a writing credit on it. Ugh, you disgusting. Know? Yeah, you can't let him write the thing because the, the, all the dialogue is going to be weird, you know? It's yeah, weird, kitschy dialogue. Yeah, and then also then we would have to set it in New York because he's not really allowed to leave his uh, Vestibule. neighborhood anymore. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, so that's well going to be difficult. So, okay, so then instead of that, let's do Christopher Nolan and Michael Bay. Because mm. you need explosions. Now, are either one Michael of those guys Bay. funny, though? That's what? the problem. Um, well, I, I, you I know feel what? Like... I've, seen the com- I've seen the comedy stuff in Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Michael Bay can do it. Told you. Yeah, you're right. Um, let's see. I, okay, so... I think, ri- I think we're set on directors. We yeah, have, yeah, like, yeah. three we need backups. Writer. We need writer. Um Hmm. And honestly, you know what? I'm just going to say it, and I know I said it before, but I think the writers should just be the Farrelly brothers. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's Actually, be, no, let's not have them as directors. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Let's let's just take them away from directing. Let's make them solely the writers. Absolutely. Also, they can be consultants if they want. Like, uh, Give them a, like a consulting producer credit uh, just for the slapstick parts of the movie. You know, they, We need somebody in there who can kind of guide guide other people. Um, what about, um, oh God, never mind. I totally blanked on the name. 
Um, the writer for uh, the original RoboCop. What no. if we brought him in? Well, I mean, there's two. There's Edward Newmeyer and Michael Miner. Uh, if if they're both still alive, one of them could. I feel like that would add a lot of gravitas to this movie. I mean, look, ultimately we could just get Paul Verhoeven to come in and direct the entire thing. He's funny enough. Yeah, he is. I always crack up at it. Yeah. I always crack up at his work. And there will be some weird sex stuff in there, but you got to yeah, let him have also the weird like, sex stuff. Yeah, like I kind of want, like with Shape of Water, I want to see Robo Cocktail's dick. Are you saying that we should get Paul Verhoeven and Guillermo del Toro to direct this yeah. together? Guillermo that's del Toro he... does do good, but he doesn't like CGI that much. So yeah, but uh, Vero, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I think Guillermo del Toro would do a good job with the funny part. He does funny stuff good, and he yeah. show, show a Robo Dick for sure. He would definitely. No, he show definitely a wants robo to show dick. a Robo Dick. Um, and also, he'd be good at the people getting shot in the dick because. Yeah, he loves Dick so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, if you've seen Shape of Water, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And if you haven't, uh, definitely add it to your watch list. It's yeah. definitely worth it just to see the fish. Dick. Gotta get that man. Love that fillet of fish. Give me that fish. <laughs> uh, so we have all that. We need the composer, which I think should just be Jerry Rafferty because he's really good with saxophones, and we need a lot of saxophone in there. Definitely. Um, um, I want a lot of men at work though as well. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Like, uh, yeah, we can get like anybody from that era to do this that had a saxophone in their band. Right. So it's it's a lot. It's it's uh, it's kind of like how Beverly Hills Cop was. I mean, you had all these great uh, pop culture songs. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it, even though it's taking place in twenty three thirty. Yeah. All these eighty songs, they but never they have style. to be. Right. Oh, do you want like techno '80s songs? Like they're kind of like trumped well, up mean, for the new 2300s age, but they're like. You know, no, like, I think I think you can go to just the regular. I think we can use the the '80s type because it always sounded kind of futuristic to begin with. So that's true. You know, synthesizers are the greatest. Well, we can just get because Harold Faltermeyer did the song, the famous Beverly Hills Cop song, the do right. do 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 that song. So, I mean, assuming he's still alive, we'll just get him. Okay. Yeah, as the as the composer, right? But then we'll get Jerry Rafferty and Men at Work and those guys to contribute. Yes, uh, like score or not score uh, soundtrack to it. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. Uh, either so, that or we uh, we just make Rafferty join Men at Work. Yeah, that's fine. Supergroup. Absolutely. Yeah, Rafferty at work. Ra- um, Rafferty at work, yeah. baby. I love it. Um, so then, what? Do you think that the bottom line is what can we get this done for? Low end, high end. Ooh, this is gonna be a little tough. I think, uh, like I can, I would. You be gotta a, think this is a big effects driven, right? Spectacle. I'd be able to get it done for two hundred fifty million, but in order for it to be good, in order for it to like blow. Blow your socks off, mm-hmm. blow the shit out of your ass. It yeah. would probably need to be eight hundred million. Okay, yeah, I think that's doable. I mean, you know, if they're gonna give that kind of money to the Avengers, this is clearly like the Avengers times a million anyway. Absolutely. So, and I feel like it's unfair that they are not giving these large budget, uh, these large budgets to art house films as well. Like, yeah. we need more eight hundred million dollar films. Yeah. That aren't these cookie cutter, 
canned superhero flicks. Right. And if there's anything this is, it is an art house film. I Definitely. Think. You know, it'll be at Cannes. It'll like, you know. It'll probably sweep Cannes. Yeah. I, I would fucking hope so. You know, if it doesn't, that's ridiculous. Then we all know that it's the Palm Dior is a fucking joke. Um, all right. Well, I think we got this one. I think we I think nailed so too. it. I think we knocked it out of the park. We're, we're going to submit it and see, you know, what he says. Right. Um, he wasn't so keen on uh, The Last Shot, which was our last movie, but he did like parts of it. He did. Um, and, and maybe, you know, at some point we'll try to revisit that and, and see what we can flesh out. Um, maybe if we bill it as like a, a two-parter, like, you know, like we were discussing kind of like maybe a sequel. No. So maybe if we if we talked about that in the future, mm-hmm. he might be a little bit more keen on it. I think so. I think, I think if we can... Uh, uh, kind of convince him on the tentpole side of it that we definitely do this. But since this is an art film, I think that he's going to be more interested in it. So Absolutely. You know, eccentric billionaires love art films. Yeah. Who doesn't like a prestige picture? Come on. Exactly. Everybody. Shutter Island. Hello. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, La La Land. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Um, you know, rate us on iTunes. Give, if you want to write into us, feel free to. Oh yeah, if um, you if you have any ideas that you think maybe could uh, end our indentured servitude quicker, mm-hmm. please send them in, uh, and then we'll look at them, or we won't. So yeah, I mean, it's just up to you, really. You hold our fate in your hands. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm Justin. I'm Kaiser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>